This episode of the podcast is with Scott McDonald. Scott McDonald is the co-founder of both Cinebody and Luminati here in Denver, Colorado. Cinebody is a mobile app paired with a software platform that allows creators and brands the ability to collaborate with video on the cloud in real time. Luminati is a group of filmmakers, animators, and designers that work together to produce and deliver fresh content to brands using traditional production and cutting-edge technology. We chat about the creation of the two companies, learning from great creative mentors, share what our favorite brands are doing when it comes to content creation, and our takes on AR and VR, and how companies can use both in the future. I got introduced to Scott through my friend Grant and uh, and Gavin. Gavin is, is Scott's co-founder for those companies. Uh, we've done some work with them through Whole Foods. There's a great group of people over at Cinebody and Luminati doing some really cool and fun uh, work. Um, and this is one of really awesome podcasts and, and honestly, probably some of the best sound we've gotten on this thing yet. Uh, I'm really excited for you guys to listen to this this episode. Uh, we even get to touch on how AR and VR is going to impact things like maybe Harry Potter video games. Um, so yeah, I'm amped for you to listen to it. Uh, remember to subscribe the direct message podcast on apple podcasts and soon to be on stitcher you can get at me at uh the adam ray t-h-e-a-t-o-m-r-a-y on instagram so enjoy cool so i'm here with scott mcdonald of cinebody and and luminati here in denver colorado a company we've done business with as whole foods uh this past uh this past year opening up our store and done a couple cool initiatives with them but Scott's a dude who is always posting online on LinkedIn, like myself, uh, and always sharing some really cool stuff that's going on in tech and marketing. So I uh, really wanted to talk to him and, and get his take not only on what he's doing with his company, how he built it, but also kind of dissect what's going on with Facebook ads and social media, where we kind of see the future of content distribution so scott thanks for coming man i really appreciate you making t- making time for this yeah thanks for having me um excited to be here and uh we'll uh chat about cinebody illuminati and what the future looks like i guess yeah totally i uh let, let's you know let's let's start from the beginning so kind of who you are where you're from and you know kind of working your way up to the point of the impetus of starting Cinebody and Illuminati. Sure. Um, my name is Scott McDonald. Uh, I'm from Evergreen, Colorado, so not too far away from Denver here. Uh, native. Native. Well, I moved here when I was like two, but I'm considering I'm considering that as close to native as possible. There you go. Now that nobody's from here anymore. So do you have a native car uh, sticker on your car? No, but I'll go put one on right no, after this. No, <laughs> no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, native enough to love Colorado, but not native enough to sport Colorado gear everywhere, right? That's fair. <laughs> totally. Which I don't think are actually natives anyways. But anyways, uh, I um, so I grew up in Evergreen, Colorado there, and then shortly after kind of moved to Boulder and Denver and got really kind of involved in graphic design is actually where I sort of started my career in uh what I got, uh, I actually applied for an internship at a place called the Fearless Cottage, which was um, that sounds like a pretty cool name. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's uh, um, this this guy. He's a huge mentor of mine, Alex Bogusky. He's a pretty you know big name in the advertising and marketing world. Um, for people who don't know, yeah, Alex Bogusky's like one of the biggest names in 
advertising creative direction like ever ever yeah yeah creative director of the decade from ad age and you know numerous awards and and all that stuff and i actually connected with him right after he had left the advertising world so he had exited out of his agency which is crispin porter and bogusky and started this thing called the fearless cottage which was all about sort of changing the way that we look at you know, advertising in general and everything and not being so, I guess... Consumer-driven? Consumer-driven. Yeah, it's a good way to put it, I would think. Maybe stuff with purpose, things that, you know, have a, a better purpose in the long run, you know, companies with goals and things like that. So I ended up interning there and, and you know, long story short, Alex and I just kind of became really good friends out of that. And the years following, I was freelancing and doing a lot of work. And at one point... I just had enough of work going on that I, you know, asked Alex and my partner Gavin here if we all wanted to like form something together and start taking on some of the video production projects that we had mostly, uh, as well as graphic design and animation and those things. But that's when it really started to go more towards video. And so the three of us kind of got together and started this little um, collective of, of animators and filmmakers and creators to start, you know, making some stuff that wasn't the typical agency type stuff when you say the typical agencies type stuff what exactly does that yeah and i guess when i say that i just i really mean there was such a massive shift from say tv to social and i think the biggest struggle that those big agencies have there is they're sort of still stuck in the tv world and trying to make that work on social and you know that's has a number of things it's it's the way that you you know present that content but really it comes down to you know budgets on, on content and stuff and what we were seeing is that the way that we consume uh video on social is so different than the way that we consume say a television spot because a television spot we're allowed to kind of basically force it on our audience but on social it's much more you know the user's choice on what they're doing and where they're going and so what we're seeing is video content you know is dead in 24 hours it doesn't really make sense to continue to advertise that same thing and so topical stuff that can be produced quick and put together for less money more often was sort of the type of video content that we saw like being in the future and also on top of that like i know that i'm, I'm i think we're all pretty bad at this but like even when i'm watching tv or a movie right between commercials <laughs> right. i'm on my phone yeah right so i'm I mean, constantly consuming but it's not always they're paying a lot of money for my attention on that thing and you're not even looking at it. I'm not right? even looking. And and so somebody who spends, say, you know, and we see a lot of brands do it where they'll they'll take the same commercial on TV and then just put it on social, expecting that to work too. But the problem of it is is that, you know, we're looking for authentic content. That's what people like to consume on there. So you see an ad, it's just so easy to scroll right through it or block it. Going before we touch more into how that's being distributed distributed. Right. I want to go back a little bit more into you learning from Bogusky, you and, Gav sure. you and uh, Gavin both, and like, because you know, uh, we having somebody like that as one of your mentors is pretty incredible. Yeah, and it's, it's amazing. like having one of like a like a big name basketball, like a Kobe Bryant type figure in that industry. Kind of you learn from totally. Yeah, you know, Alex and I. I I think at the core of it, we we're just really good friends. He's such a funny guy. He's so creative, and he really likes to let 
us make the mistakes and go for it and stuff. So he's been such a great mentor to the point where he'll, you know, introduce us to people if we need to, but he really stays out of the picture and lets us kind of like do our thing. But at the beginning, you know, Cinnabody really started with an idea that he had. Um, and so I'm not sure if you know this, but Cinnabody started with hardware and you might have yeah. seen the piece of hardware. Yeah. So as we were building Luminati, uh, and at that point it's like Gavin, myself, you know, and Alex on occasion, he was in Boulder, we were in Denver and a few other handful of people that were doing it. Um, Alex came to me one idea one day with this idea that he had for this piece of hardware that you put a phone into and it turned it into like a super eight camera and it was just so clever and so cool and i think he brought it to me knowing like hey these guys are in film scott's kind of a young millennial type guy and i think that coming this type of product coming from him would be really cool so he asked me if i wanted to partner on this piece of hardware and it was too cool so i was like of course i do like we're definitely going to do this and it kind of fit in with our vibe and what we were doing um so originally Cinnabody was this piece of hardware that Alex had come up with. But then as we were building the hardware and moving along, the realization came that like, well, wait, if we're filming with our iPhones, the real power here is that they're all connected and that we could connect every single one of them on a platform. So I kind of came up with the idea of the software, which went side to side, like hand in hand with the hardware. And ultimately we kind of pivoted to just being software. What has that dynamic been? Uh, you know, I I know Gavin, um, know your squad. What what is it? As him as a co-founder, how do you guys play off each other? And like, what is he bringing? And what are you bringing? How does it make for a good partnership? Yeah, I mean, Gavin is Gavin's the best partner, man, because he he and I do what each other don't want to do, right? And that I think is what makes the best partnership between us. Is is Gavin is great at organizing and executing. And I'm kind of great at doing the, yeah, I don't know, more of the showboating, I guess, in a way, you know, not to put myself in some sort of ego world, but there's always got to be kind of a front man doing that type of stuff and leading the vision and things. And Gavin's been such an incredible partner because he's right there behind me to back everything up. So I think like that idea that you can't find somebody who's kind of like you, who also wants your same position and, you know, accepting each other's positions and Gavin sort of saying, yeah, I want you to be the guy that's in the spotlight. And me saying, yeah, I want you to be the guy that really is the one that's executing everything. No, that's, that's important. I, I created an app. It's funny because the way we got blinked up with your entire guys outfit is through a con contact at Boomtown. Oh, okay. And Boomtown uh, is a startup accelerator out in Boulder, Colorado. Really great people. And we partner with them with Whole Foods. Um, but we try to get a piece of technology in there for, I think, their second class. Didn't really work out, but um, we just kind of hit it off with the people there. Everyone from Jeff Donaldson to Toby. Um, everyone there has been Jose. Yep. Super, super dope. Totally. And that, that kind of whole community is, uh, I give, you know, Alex Boguski credit for sort of entering me into that whole creative community of those guys and and it's it's a pretty tight-knit and a lot of smart people down there who are doing really cool things and and what i was a yes a hundred percent and there's a collaborative vibe in that in that building that space and that kind of permeates throughout their whole network right. of just collaboration and being able to help people totally being able to do cool shit but not be like i think in other areas you might see a little bit more um 
maybe not as willingness to help other people trying to make some cool shit until you have your stuff going on. Sure. But here I've kind of seen it on its head and everyone's in it together. Yeah. No, I, I would agree with that. I think that like in the end, helping each other out is just the startup mentality that people in Colorado seem to have. Um, you know, I guess I haven't started something in Silicon Valley or one of these other places, but it seems like it's much more aggressive and less less of a community kind of concept. This has been a common theme throughout the other episodes uh, is, you know, and people probably think we're being hired by the, the, the state of Colorado at this point. <laughs> yeah. But I, 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 you know, I've lived in Austin, I've lived in L.A., and I've lived here, and they're all, they've all got similar traits with what they're doing, both startup-wise and also just just as a, as a young you know a younger population yeah um but they do have differences and and the thing that i've always found here and one of the reasons that i think regardless of where i go for work this is probably where i'm going to plant some roots down the road yeah um it's people are just super collaborative and it comes back to the point of i and again i'm going to be dropping these nuggets probably from here till the end of this this whole podcast initiative if that ever ends but like I call it socio uh, sociogeographic DNA mm-hmm. and it has to do with like the historical DNA of like the people who moved into this area right. and it's super pioneer heavy it's super like us against the mountains if you're coming from the midwest and the east coast and you see these giant rockies these aren't hills right you gotta either work together or you know face it alone and it makes you rethink how you look at competition and what that means to you yeah most definitely you know, and, and even even in the way that we build uh, our companies here, like Luminati, for example, with uh, you know, it's not a traditional production company or agency in that in that sense. In the fact that every single person who's in here owns part of the company um, because we're all sort of doing it together. It's You're a, communist, it's a, is what you are. Yeah, we're we're, <laughs> we're like a socialist company almost yeah. in a way, right? Which is kind of interesting to think that. What it does is it enables you know, you know me to incentivize my employees, but then them to get into something because I think the way that Gavin and I always looked at it is, you know, we could exit out of Cinebody or exit out of Luminati and make a bunch of money, but what fun is that if not all of the people around us do the same thing? So we want to be able to reward everybody for that, you know. Totally, and let's unpack the two for a little bit for people listening. Um, we kind of t- we said what Cinebody is, but let's give it a working example of what Cinebody is, and sure. then we'll talk about what Luminati is. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, Cinebody is is pretty vast, and there's a lot of different ways that it can be used. But we'll probably use maybe the most like duh example so far, which is this band Odessa that we're working with. Um, they're like they were Grammy nominated. I, I, oh, they're huge. People know who they are. Yeah, for they're sure. big. So. Yeah. Odessa, and they're, they've been super cool about it, but essentially what they do is they use our Cinebody app to collect content from their fans, um, in a nutshell. But the way that they do it is they'll post on their Facebook page before a show saying, you know, all of our fans download Cinebody, we want to see it from your angle. And, you know, they'll incentivize people sometimes with like a, maybe you'll get a meet and greet, so you'll get to meet Odessa if you take the best shots that night. And this is all on mobile phone, by the way. So so everybody downloads the app. And then we sit here in Denver. doesn't matter where Odez is playing in the world. And we can send pushes and shot types and direct their fans throughout the show 
to shoot and create the content that we can best then put into an edited and polished piece of content that then goes back out like you know an hour after the concert or something like that yeah it's in real time you're editing stuff yeah which is insane because what we talked about is the turnaround that a lot of these agencies are seeing and just I think traditional production companies huge dollar amounts huge retainers slower turnaround times right and the internet just moves too fucking fast it just goes back to that thing I was sort of touching on earlier about you know content pieces only lasting 24 hours you burn right through them because it's a scrolling news feed you know we just scroll right through that stuff so the concept you know with Cinebody originally is this idea where well because all the phones are connected we can immediately you know extract that content from people's phones and start editing it and then push that out while the event is still happening potentially even so where it really like has this main advantage is Time, obviously, because the turnaround is extremely quick. Price, because it, you know, there's no crew. You haven't hired anybody. And engagement, because you've now asked, I think the last Odessa concert had about 75 creators on it. So you have 75 people in one night who are creating. We take their clips, we turn it into a video, and then we share it back down to them. The shares are out of control. Like, probably... 50 times the engagement that a normal piece of content has because everybody says that's my shot there i am i participated in that so they all want to share that piece it goes back to like this maxim that i always i've said in meetings and i truly believe in regardless of if you're creating a piece of content or you're building a sports team but people support what they create totally as soon as they see them even if it's for five seconds three seconds they're part of that right and that's when they get really hyped and they'll push it. And we engage them on that other level where, yeah, they're going to push that because they felt like their favorite band in the world, Odessa, asked them to do this. They did it and Odessa said, we loved what you did and they pushed it out for them. And that was that. that's it. That's all they needed to go then share it to all their friends. When you first started shopping this around in the software form and um, yeah, outside of the, 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 the Super 8 camera style, the software. Right. What were some of the looks that you were getting or the kind of feedback from these bigger companies who weren't really, they didn't know what they didn't know? Yeah, I think, you know what's funny about the hardware? I think that hardware got me more meetings than I could have gotten ever, you know, because I came in with this flashy, like, like piece of hardware thing that a phone went into. And as soon as I did that, people would pay attention to me. So it was like the hardware, like, kicked down doors for us in a really interesting way where it was like we wouldn't have maybe even had a conversation with people because it's somewhat of a complex concept to explain right yeah. and people aren't going to sit down and listen to that so we've you know we've been through the ringer of all sorts of people who don't get it people who have the aha moment immediately people who sort of pretend to get it and then later on the road they'll call us and be like oh no now i really get it um luckily for us like as we were bringing it around we you know connected with Discovery Communications pretty early on in in the um, in our adventure, and they totally saw the potential in it, and so they became kind of one of our lead investors, uh, as well as like there's a agency out of New York called MKTG, um, and Charlie Horsey, he's the CEO there, he totally got it immediately saw the power behind the thing, and actually started pivoting his entire agencies, and MKTG has something like fifty offices worldwide. They have killer clients too yeah and they they're mostly an experiential agency yeah. and so what he really saw was wow this is totally the future and he's pivoted their entire strategy around cinebody which has been pretty cool but then we've seen you know the people who just don't see it at all they just don't really get it and they say you know well why don't we make 
do it on Snapchat. And, uh, you know, it's like, well, it's not that. <laughs> wow. Uh, what, um, what, is, what has been something you've gotten from or, or what can you tell someone who's trying to get a concept into a bigger company? Like, what is something you've learned about, like, breaking down those barriers? Yeah. Oh, man. And it's hard, like coming it's, from the other side. That's like one of the, the hardest com- things to do. But well, and you coming from Whole Foods right now, it's very interesting for you to completely understand Cinnabody, its strategy, its benefits and stuff. Yet you run into trouble even bringing it through your own business. Yeah, and it's just because of the nature of how big companies are, right? right. There's so many moving, and and on that point, like what we, I think what you've seen, and this kind of segue once past that the answer to that question. Is uh, the agencies like you said? They're just get, they're just got so big, and when you get yeah. something too big, any organism too big, it can't move. They can't move, and you can see that across agency. You can see that across big tech. You totally, can, anything. Totally, big retail. Totally, and for us, I think it's like you know the smaller guys who got it right away. Like we had a few small agencies who totally understood it right away, and they were able to move faster and start start utilizing it. Um, it's been really interesting because we've only been around for a year and now is the first, uh, we've been at like the beginning, like 2018 started. And so people have like their budgets for this year. So after just having sort of talked to hundreds of brands last year, they're all starting to drop now because everybody had to take the time to say, wow, this is amazing. We need to consider this for our strategy. And now in 2018, everybody's starting to come on. So I think like for anybody trying to get their, you know, tech in there or business in there is just keep going, you know, don't, don't feel bad if it doesn't happen. There's so many huge brands that I sat in their, in their offices and their lobbies thought that they would do it and thought they would get it. And you know, they didn't, I still think they'll come back. So never give up and keep going for them, you know? Totally. Uh, but I'm telling you that piece of hardware helped me. So like find something like kind of like cool, some sort of cool way to get in the door. Then you talk about your, you know, revolutionary software or whatever. And one thing on that, that I've, I've noticed with your squad and, and kind of how I operate too is, trying to find uh find ways to that sounds like a gary v quote but it's like provide value beyond like that initial transaction like even if you can't even if you can't like make the deal close the deal right away with that other party help them other needs yes this is where we were yeah of course um with Cinnabody, the intention of it is that it's a platform for others to make revenue off of. And so we really want to make heroes inside of their agencies, inside of their brands, inside of whatever they are. So oftentimes we'll meet, you know, a, a local marketing manager for, say, a huge brand. We'll give them and show them what Cinnabody is all about. And we will help that person bring it through their company and pitch it because in the end, we just want Cinnabody to be used. And if that person can help, you know, raise themselves up by doing that, we're all for that. So we'd love to team up with like like individuals inside of say Nike or something like that and help that person bring it up through their company. Cause in the end, them doing better is, is better for us too. And everyone wins. Totally. So there's a Cinnabody portion. Now let's go over to the Illuminati portion and what that looks like. Sure. 
and and yeah, and I love the name. So yeah, Luminati, uh, and that's a Bogusky named that one too. So it's <laughs> it's good. <laughs> so uh, before I was in a meeting with him one time in a creative yeah. meeting yeah. for one of the startups at Boomtown. Oh really? Yeah. And I was gonna say this earlier, I totally spaced, but um, I was really impressed with just how down to earth he was, willing to receive totally. everyone in the room, titles, experience, whatever. Everyone at that point is part of this like creative strategy organism. Yeah. And he's like taking feedback. You don't like this. What do you like? And I, it was really cool. I think one of the the best lessons that Alex ever taught me, and it's something that I will always remember and I always use, is to, like, we were in, we were doing a demo for a class, actually, uh, one of his friends at CU Denver, but I guess it doesn't really matter. Ultimately, his advice was that never hold on to your ideas so like holding on and trying to protect your own ideas especially in like a group setting or or wanting to be the one that owns things and stuff like that is in itself admitting to yourself that you will never have a good idea ever again and so that advice from him of saying like look holding on to an idea is kind of like saying that you don't think you have any more good ones that allows him and you know me learning from him to be in group settings and to say I'll just hand somebody a billion dollar concept it doesn't matter you know because in the end it'll come back to me somehow or I'll come up with a new idea that is yes being able to I don't know what the right word might be like plant I don't think it's plant ideas but being able to um put them out there and if people somebody can run with it make something happen that's cool and right. I actually yeah uh, a friend of mine were having a conversation about you know his whole thing was like anyone can have an idea it's like, can you execute on it right and maybe you're not the right person to execute on it right but being positioning yourself and your company as like somebody who can you can bounce ideas off of or totally and it puts you in a really cool space for jobs for just life in general I think definitely and I think like never sticking to the one idea too like look you know even Cinebody started with hardware and if we had just stuck with that and said no it's hardware it's hardware it's hardware you know we'd be like the other nine out of ten startups that fail ultimately but we pivoted and we we, you know you got to mold with how things go and ultimately let ideas go that you originally thought might have been the best idea you ever had not anymore it's okay move on well there's like a term I think it's like being able to to kill your kill your babies or kill your dreams or yeah. something like yeah, that something like it's that it's something super violent yeah but it's yeah being able to like all right didn't work but not letting it get down on the next thing that you do or even the thing after that or the it's thing tough after. you know when we canceled when we stopped doing the hardware gavin had put in thousands and thousands and thousands of hours into this thing and like the look on his face you know when it's i like, told him like we're fuck. giving this up was like fuck but yeah he quickly you know, with guidance around some of these mentors that we have, realize that, yeah, it's just part of the game. It doesn't mean that you wasted time or anything like that. It means that you, you've figured out your answer. So you should be happy that you've figured out, oh, sweet, we're moving on. Yeah. But it's hard at first sometimes. Sometimes it can be crushing. You can. We might go into the pit of despair for a little yeah, while. for sure. Pit of misery. Uh, so the Illuminati, Alice came up with the name. Yeah, so Alex came up with Illuminati. I, you know, it really meant nothing besides lumen meaning light. We were doing a lot of film, so we had light. And, it, you know, 
in the end, I think it was just something that we wanted to do that was going to be different and kind of like maybe make people say, what is going on here? So the sort of nod to the Illuminati is obvious that which, we wanted to do that. Which is hot right now with that Taco Bell. There's, yeah, there's the this Bell Illuminati. Yeah, Bell Illuminati, uh, Taco Bell using it. And even just like meme culture in general, oh, it's, it's like all over. And it's funny because it's like we didn't, that was none of our intention, but we get like all these nice benefits of like the meme culture and stuff as well as like crazy people like, you know, attacking us. Every time I hear it, I think I just heard like Tupac's voice in the back from the Hail Mary. Illuminati, yeah. all through your body. And I'm just, every time I email one of you guys. Yeah, it's funny. So but it's funny that a na- even a name can help. It can create an intrigue, right? And so Illuminati, you know, is a group of us. I think there's, man, there's probably 20 of us now. Um, and you know, with for all intensive purposes, we're a production company, we're or, slash small agency, but we're not structured that way, right? We we might create content that way and perform that way for our clients, but you know, every single person in here is their own individual creative, you know, being that has their own outside stuff. You know, we've got uh, my friend who's a tattoo artist. He he houses in the back and he paints murals back there. And then we've got guys up here who are making films and people over there who are you know making logos and doing graphics and stuff. And so there's no real like borders on it. It's it's kind of like if art and culture met an agency, but not in that way that they try to. Like it's hard to. I think like our culture is what every agency wants to be like, but because they're an agency, they can't do that. Um, the way I've always told you guys to people and told them about what you guys do is like, you're like creative mercenaries. Right. And it's like, you know, it's, you, it's almost like waging asymmetric warfare in terms of you have larger production companies and outfits that are moving slower. Like we talked about. Right. And you guys have all the knowledge and know-how of those bigger agencies, but you're doing more with less. Yeah. And you're being, it's guerrilla warfare. It's the scrappy mentality, you know, and I think like having the major shift to social media makes that scrappy mentality make even more sense than it might have in the past. And so for brands that are trying to, you know, be visible on social, they need to be creating a lot of content a lot faster in a more conversational and authentic type way. And so that's something that we totally leaned into. And what's helped us is just this dynamic of who we are here, because when we built Luminati, it was this idea that we knew what ad agencies could do and what they charged. And we felt like we could do that same exact stuff. And we don't, we're not going to charge you all day long for it. We're just going to charge you for the one project that you're going to do and sort of that a la carte thing, which I think agencies are starting to come around to and realizing that, wow, we should really just hire a bunch of permalancers or freelancers yeah. and do this a la carte thing because that's what people like Luminati are doing and they're crushing us. They're stealing our clients. Permalancer. Did you come up with that or is that... It's a kind of a term. Okay. That <laughs> I was like, that's here. pretty good. It's pretty much just like, yeah, hire a freelancer that you hire every single month. That's... Yeah. And you don't have to pay, you know, from a business standpoint, you don't have to, you know, do benefits. You don't have to do a lot of the stuff that you might have otherwise done for us being millennials and young people and everybody who's just kind of here to have fun. Nobody's really worried about that stuff. They'd much rather have a job that they don't have to come in at any time or leave at any time. They can kind of do whatever they want and sort of get rid of some of those traditional job amenities. Maybe I think, yeah, I think even if you want to go to the fact of like, uh, this, as far as the American dream, 
Yeah. I think it's really remixed itself a little Definitely. bit to what that means. Totally. I think for our parents' generation, it was, and even their parents' generation, you know, they were still feeling the after effects from our great grandparents, World War Two coming through, right. and you're like, okay, I want stability. I want, uh, and, and you also didn't have. I guess it speaks even to the content aspect. How you're, see, how we're talking about it coming from all these different angles so fast. You didn't have this visibility into other people's jobs, right? And what they're doing, and right. what's their. Well, they have dogs there. Right. They have a keg there. Right. And now they think millennials want to get up and move and just have no type of loyalty. Right. But at the same time, it's like, no, there's just so much more out there. And if you want to be competitive as a firm and you have the assets to do X, Y, and Z, if they're doing X, Y, and Z, why am I here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I the way the reason why Illuminati works is because every single person in here is doing it for themselves. They're doing it because they're creatively interested in this and they want to pursue it. And because in the long run, they own part of Luminati. And if you're doing it for just, say, an agency, it just seems like just your job. And maybe that's not the what you want anymore. You want a life. You want a lifestyle, and you want to live around that. And so I think the coolest part about this is that I hardly have to tell anyone what to do because everybody's just all on, they're on it. 24 hours a day everybody's got it because they're doing it for themselves and they're doing it for the group um so it's kind of definitely a different dynamic where you know gavin and i aren't gonna exit out of the business and go ride into the sunset and everybody else has to go get a new job that won't happen so we'll all exit together which is kind of fun no yeah and i'm and i'm seeing that i think the future of work is it's happening right in front of us more freelance teams more uh hubs as offices or yeah. like you're seeing bigger brands opening up smaller hubs in different cities um you have stuff like slack which i'm it's an ongoing joke that i'm like the slow the slack cult leader for for, for our company <laughs> yeah i mean um ever know all these things that tie into each other making you be able to do more with less faster definitely faster too yeah and mm-hmm. you know with with cinnabody that concept faster fast now everything needs to be now basically and you don't have to go to new york la london to do it anymore no the world's getting i mean it has been getting smaller for some time but the speed at which it's getting smaller and the the degrees of separation from things is is just mind-boggling it's pretty wild um what are some brands that you're loving what they're doing with or without the cinebody let's say without the cinebody platform oh um that you're just like these this guys is get funny because Han- i was just thinking about today like who's 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 the most kick-ass right now and uh i'm not sure if you've seen this but um nintendo has a thing called the labo which are these cardboard things that they're taking their Nintendo Switch and putting it in, and they have, like, backpacks and, like, helicopters and, like, all this crazy shit that is, like, add-ons to the Nintendo Switch. And I think it's just brilliant, because what they're doing is they're taking digital experiences and fusing them with physical experiences, literally. And it's, like, it's really impressive and smart how they're they're doing that. The whole experiential term has been... I know it's become in a buzzword, but I think there's a reason why we love the experiential component is because everything's so online now you can order food online with your voice i can order it up through my alexa at home right you can order a date online with bumble tinder everything <laughs> totally um 
I think that there's still part of us, and I hope it never leaves, that really wants that in-person connection to the things that we love and what they make. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think just no longer can you consider a television commercial or an ad like an experience anymore, where it might have been able to, like it might have used to been, like you before these phones, you said you're on your phone every commercial, but before that existed, we did pay more attention to those things, so it was a little easier to like get some sort of message across to somebody, but that's long gone, right? So it's like there's no way that you can get the experience into the living room through just audio and video. There's got to be some other thing that you're tapping into. You know who who I um, is is who I really like what they're doing with all of their marketing. I'll give you two. I really like Netflix. Mm-hmm. Whenever they come out with a new show, like the new. Um, uh, what's that carbon movie altered carbon it's going to be I don't know if it's a movie or a TV show but it's mm-hmm. basically us in the future and you can take out your consciousness and put them into new bodies yeah, um, yeah. and they had something at CES for it where they had like a, an yes, actual I saw booth that. yeah and it was like this is sick yeah yeah uh, uh, that super cool super experiential super cool um, they did something for uh, disjointed that dispensary show yep didn't get a ton of love from critics um, but the show itself, like they created bl- brands of weed, like different strains, and they named them different things from the show. That's see, that's that's good. killer. They could do so good with that, that. That's killer. That is killer. And uh, and then they the, also uh, did their their cease and desist to those Stranger Things bar. Did you see that? They had like there's like a bar in New York that did like a Stranger Things night. And Netflix sent them this like cease and desist. Go, you look it up after this. It's really awesome. It's like so classy. Like it was like, can you stop? But that's really cool that you're doing that. Yeah, like it was just like it was like the way that a cease and desist should be sent. So whoever's on Netflix's sort of PR or whatever is doing totally. a good job. Uh, they uh, and there's another one kind of with that. Stranger Things did something with Lyft. Uh huh. Where in certain cities you could get in, it was like super eighties out. Yeah. And um, and you kind of have the experience in the car, for sure. And Lyft does a good job too. I know a lot of their um, stuff has or is coming out of Boulder, out of Maid. Yeah, it was out of Maid. I'm not sure if they still have the account now, but um, you know, it, Lyft. If if you want to compare ride shares, compare you know Lyft to Uber. They've done a fantastic job creating a brand sense that you know people sort of want to align with over their competitor i would say yeah and you know i we always a lot of my friends in marketing always joke about how used overused the word brand is and people outside of marketing are like oh brand buzzword but what (laughs) that what i always say and there's a million different uh uh definitions of the word brand but like essentially when you build a company a brand you're building a gen a revenue generating organism Right, right. With multi with cells, which are the employees. Right. With values, which are kind of the personality. Right. And its job is to uh, use less to get more. It's right. a living thing in a lot of ways. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And so when you see it, when them kind of cross pollinate like that, I think that's what consumers have wanted for a little while, and they're wanting more and more. Yeah, and that's like being a little bit less intense on brand safety. For so many years, it was like, look, we get to do two commercials this year, so we can make them so perfect and make them do exactly what we want and exactly what we say, and we can spend months and months and months, you know, filtering all this stuff out. 
people want to see the authenticity come from that brand. They want to see, like you're saying, Lyft partner with somebody to say, look, brands can do things together too. Like it, 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 they need to represent themselves more as people or more as whatever this organism that you're talking about and, and sort of step back from that classic sense of like, we have to advertise. You know who I think is a really great example of that old way of thinking of just super PC in a lot of ways right. is ESPN. Yeah, oh gosh, yeah. ESPN is laying off people left and right. They're yeah. losing subscribers and yeah. people just don't want to tune in as much. And I'm sure, I mean, yeah. the political stuff is part of it. But, sure. But also, I mean... I grew up as a huge X Games fan and watcher of all that stuff and it's it's really seems to be struggling in a, in a weird way. They're, they're getting really out taken by people like Vice and MTV who sort of have more of just a, I don't know, an authentic vibe to the whole thing. And see, who what comes to mind for me when I think of people who are slowly chipping away, I mean, again, it is the House of Mouse. Disney owns ESPN, so it's okay. Of course. But you've got stuff like Barstool. Yeah. Oh, I was actually going to bring up Barstool. When you emailed me earlier with questions, you, you said, yeah. what, uh, what are some brands that are cool? And I was going to say Barstool, because I think Barstool is just absolutely killing it. And what I think it boils down to... Because they talk to their audience. Yeah, and they're... Dude, I've talked to some of their podcasts. I was on DM, on direct messages. Because they answer. Because they're they're available. They're people. And I think what they've done a really great job at is they've been able to make their employees the stars of their company. Yeah. So they have this force maximizing of creating this constant pool and, like line of talent that they say okay we know who you are you guys are characters as it is right so let's figure this out and they're going i mean the views they get is insane i just heard their podcast um with their ceo and people freak out because they are you know they're geared towards 18 to 35 year old guys yeah and 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 their ceo's a badass chick the 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 world is is maybe a little too sensitive right now anyways so it's i completely agree with you you know i think barstool kind of kicks ass and and that's why they're winning yeah because people just want people to relax and just own what you are yeah exactly i agree i think barstool is is really crushing it and and it's because exactly what you said is that they're people they put their people first and that's that's kind of aligns with what we want at Luminati is that every individual in here is a person. We're not just all behind, you know, one name CEO guy who gets the check at the end of the day. Do you ever think that the way that we're consuming content is... I'm reading this book right now called Irresistible by Adam Alter. Mm-hmm. And it. It, it's a it's a pretty good read. Yeah. And it makes you really step back from how you're getting content and how much you're getting right and it's almost like that it's almost like black mirror stuff like it's like the more you look into your phone the more you're taking part of your time and soul away in a way yeah so god <laughs> what do you think that it's doing for us in a lot of ways like is this is this a good thing are we going to hit this tipping point where we're just you know analysis paralysis there's just so much stuff going on to choose from yeah we well, I, I mean i think what's good uh, is a, this move by Facebook to put more of your friends and family back into your feed so you're not as bombarded with brands? And hopefully what that'll do is make brands make better content that's not so just all over the place. So maybe there'll be less decisions for us to make and watch through that. But yeah, I mean, I don't see it stopping anytime soon. I mean, you've got Snapchat, you've got Instagram, you've got Facebook, you've got Twitter. There's all these places with constant, constant, constant amount of, of uh, content. I mean... 
my, my I would say the, like, my biggest suggestion on what how we're going to deal with this or what we're going to do or what's going to happen would be to read that book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, because it's like the number one way I realized how to turn off all the noise. And so it's like you basically have to choose what you care about now because there's way too much going on to care about at all. I haven't read that book, but my roommate did, and, she, and I, it, it echoes kind of like a personal like philosophy i have is like care like you only have so much care to give right so much fucks to give so many fucks to give like you that's like your that's like your care fuck budget right (laughs) and 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 you have to figure out where to put it and you're getting pulled every different way from political spheres from sports teams like you have to just sit back even your daily work and people are chucking out you know a few here and a few there to things that don't really matter and it's this concept of like okay take all the fucks that you can give and really put them into what you care about and the rest of stuff let it go because this world is way too crazy there's too much media there's too much going on for you to try to be concerned with all that you're going to have an aneurysm I think being in the startup world before um, before I went to, to, to Whole Foods yeah um, I, I, and just being it in general you being in it now you have to adapt to that attitude of learning what you're going to have a million fires happen throughout the week right but some fires will go out on their own because they're small embers Right. And some are fucking big bonfires totally. that could turn into some like napalm like type shit. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and, you know, that's an interesting personal journey for me, going from a graphic designer to you know a startup founder to the CEO of Cinebody here to you know managing and running with some of the world's biggest brands. And um, I think it's key to figure out what's important and where to throw those fucks at. And for me, I think it's, you know, mostly guided in my team. You know, if my team is doing good, we're going to do well. So that's about, it's about all that matters, I think. Where do you see, I mean, besides obviously maybe being acquired by someone. Sure. What was something that you'd like to see your company do in the next, in the, in the short term, in the next five years or something? Um... Yeah, well, so Cinebody, aside from, you know, being acquired, because that could likely be a chance, I really want Cinebody to break fully into every level of camera. So we're working on a deal with one of the world's largest camera manufacturers right now on taking it beyond just the smartphone so that every camera is connected to the cloud and so that anyone can shoot with a you know, $10,000 camera with a $20,000 lens on it and it'll go to the cloud while the person right next to them is shooting with an iPhone on the same platform. So ultimately that's where I'd like to take it is because we've seen Cinebody does an amazing job for all of this social production, but in the end it's still a better organization and a better process for regular production as well. So taking that kind of beyond and into that whole world. Um, It'll be interesting to see what happens, I think, with AR and VR and how those really play in. I've always kind of been uh, a fan of AR, thinking that it's going to be much bigger, much quicker. So I'm with you on that. Yeah. I mean, I think AR is coming in hot, and we're going to be doing a lot of AR stuff in the near future, and I think VR is a longer-term play. Um, So Cinebody, five years, you know, 
in the end, the technology that we've built it off of could potentially blast any type of content to that cloud. So it will be interesting to see if people really start creating VR content left and right, and then maybe that's something that we incorporate into our platform as well. The reason I think, on top of that, the reason why I think AR is going to hit first is for one simple reason, one main simple reason. You still have to be able to see and do things. Yeah. You can't be completely immersed yeah. just yet. Yeah. I mean, I love, I'm excited for Ready Player One to come out. Yeah. And I think that entire vibe is super cool. Totally. I started reading that book. It's killer. Yeah. I'm going to reread it before the before movie it comes, comes out. out. Yeah. Um, but being able to, um, being just sucked into that, A, sounds super dystopian to begin with. Yeah. And AR, you know, Google Glass was a step in the right direction. Definitely. But it was still just too new, and it was still too... Before it could really work. ...figure itself out. And what I think is the most interesting thing about AR to me right now is that, uh, you know, AR can help us with all of our stuff, but uh, currently if you aimed your phone at, say, this microphone right in front of us, and I aimed my phone at it, we could both put AR things in there, but they're not the same AR thing. Mm-hmm. So once the world gets mapped... That's when AR is really going to totally change, is when you could put a physical AR thing so that in Times Square, anyone who holds up their phones or looks at it with their glasses sees the same physical AR object that's sitting in there. Because then you could potentially start, you know, selling space in the middle of Times Square in the AR world, and whoever owns that real estate is a really interesting business to be in and saying that, let's put a Whole Foods in the middle of Times Square for 20 minutes. And then it'll change, and then it's in the next person's space. That's a great take. That's cool. Pretty cool. Like these ver- like these AR real estate agents. Yeah. Uh, I think what's going to be cool with it is when... I'm a big Harry Potter fan. Me too. Um, and they're creating that AR... The, the, not AR. They're creating that... Um, I guess it's kind of an AR game. The Wizards Unite, the same people who created Pokemon, Pokemon. Go. Go. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit, they are. That's going to be yeah. so big. Uh, <laughs> oh, and, man. And I'm just thinking, you know, the first is going to be on your phone... But the whole thing in Harry Potter is this world that runs parallel to our own, and yeah. you have to be able to see wow. it with magic. So Very cool. once you put these glasses on or whatever it is, and once AR marries itself to fashionable eyewear yeah. and right. contact lenses, Definitely. then it's game and over. And your glasses wear, I am too, so it's like I would wear them if they had the, the benefit of AR right now, probably. Yeah, instead of like some weird snap spectacle yeah, type thing. I'm stuff. just like, yeah. no, if I could just get like my standard Ray-Bans. Yeah, once I get to this, which is not, I don't think it's that far away. But it goes back to what you're saying is like you put these, put on your AR glasses, you're in London, and all of a sudden Diagon Alley mm-hmm. appears, and you have to like, you have an, and then talk about experiential mixing digital and AR. The possibilities for that are just... Super cool. They're really cool, for sure. Um, Scott, it's been a blast. Uh, This has been great. I'm glad we could do it. You guys, you can't see, but we're actually in a camper that's inside of the warehouse that they uh, that is their HQ, and it kind of just made for the perfect perfect setting. Yeah. No, we had like the coolest little like like camping vibes. And thanks for talking to me, man. I think it was cool. Yeah, working. it was cool. It was cool to uh, actually get to know you via a podcast. That, that's <laughs> you know that was kind of rad. Yeah, I think you should totally do it that way for people in the future. Is be like to people that you haven't talked with a lot. Be like, I th- I'm gonna come do this podcast with you because it it's just trust super kind of natural. It seems like so. Yeah. Uh, where can where can the people find you and then um, the companies? Um, so Cinebody is Cinebody.com. Um, C-I-N-E, like Cine, 
Um, and then Luminati is L-U-M-E-N-A-T-I, Luminati.co. Um, my name is Scott McDonald. Look me up on LinkedIn and add me. We'll be friends. Uh, and are Cinnabody or Luminati on Instagram or anything? Uh, yeah. Uh, at Cinnabody, at Luminati. Cool. Um, and it's funny. I used to laugh about uh, LinkedIn when I was in college. I was like, look at all these fucking baby boomers and Gen X. Are trying to I know. Cool Did you see my post the other shit. day about how I like LinkedIn now? I, I wanted more. Dude, I would much rather somebody like take my Facebook. I know. Than, I deleted my Facebook the other day. Uh, I'm... The only, uh, no, I can't do it. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll do it. No, I won't. Well, I, it's, I deleted it, and I have one because it's like I'm in this business, so I have to have Facebook, but it's not me. I just like I just go to see what's going on. Yeah. But I got rid of mine. Like, I can't because I just I couldn't take it. Speak- it's that noise. It's too Dude. much noise. Speaking of content, LinkedIn, once they create more of a content-centric hub for stuff, it's, it's game so smart. Right. We'll talk about that next time. Oh, and that's Microsoft, so. Cool, man. Thank you. Dude.